So, folks, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm glad they they say that we've got a, an excellent guest on. Well, he's going to provide a lot of insight, no pressure here. Uh, he's a he played in the World Cup finals. He's won the League of Ireland top flight twice. Managed Derry City to the title as well in '97, the last time the club has brought back the trophy. So. We're delighted to welcome uh, Felix Healy on the podcast. Felix, welcome. I'm delighted to be here, boys, in this uh, rather balmy, <laughs> balmy after evening in, in what's like a sauna in the Daily <laughs> Journal office. Yes. You see, every week we, we say this and people don't believe us. Is but that right? Now you've come on and you've preached Well, I mean, I'm still in shock. I've been used to in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in the athletes. Speed. Speed. A- athletes. Can't even say it right. <laughs> Well, we're, we're, we're glad you on because obviously, as I said, like you've got a lot of insight on the obviously Derry City as a whole. Like you, but um, you were at the match there on Friday. Derry going through a wee difficult patch at the minute. It's fair to say they can go under the, the mid-season break. First of all, on the match itself because it was an overall disappointment. Big talking point at the end, 90th minute penalty not given. I think it's fair to say everybody thought that it should have been well, a penalty. Apart from the referee and Liam Coyle, but sounds it. What was your thoughts? Well, I mean, obviously I saw it on the telly afterwards. I, I left, uh, I was working, so I, I had to leave 20 minutes into the second half, and at that stage, Derry had just got on top. First half was really disappointing. You could see that the result at uh, St. Pat's the night before, the body language of all the players was completely different. Uh, you could see that normal swagger when they're having it, knocking it about at the back, that swagger has gone, uh, which which comes from a lack of confidence in, in the way results have been going, the way they've been playing, a lot of the, the stick that flies about, which players have to take on board as well. It comes as part and parcel. Uh, and like everybody else, when, when I saw the, when I saw the second-hand ball, I saw the second-hand ball first, and, and I felt, well, you know, if that had been given against you, you'd been, because it could have been ball to hand, one of those. But when I saw when the first hand ball with the risk with the hands across his chest, I mean that's that's a that's a penalty. Yeah. That's a penalty. Uh, uh, you know, but th- those are the kind of things that happen throughout the season, and you hope sometimes that you get penalties when you probably don't deserve them, and you know. Bohemians had a Stonewall penalty against Shamrock Rovers a couple of weeks ago. Stonewall penalty, as clear a penalty as I've ever seen. And that wasn't given. And and you just hope that swings and roundabouts throughout the season it evens itself out. But massive decisions in terms of that. You know, by the times it comes around, the, 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 it goes in your favour. It could be too late. Whereas, like, you look at the two two home matches, the Sligo match, the, the team in McGonagall goal that wasn't given uh, when, it was, uh, when it was called back for, for a foul. Uh, I think that was the consensus was that was an awful decision too. That cost Derry three points potentially Friday night again three points. That's six points. They're six points behind Rovers. Does that at this stage of the season? Well, yeah, I mean that's all that that's all part and parcel. But that, but that that is one of the things about the game that you will go into a run at times where things go for you, and you'll get in a run where things go against you. That's the nature of a beast. Uh, I mean, I think if, if you talk to Declan Devine, he would probably say, well, that's the first time we've had a wee bit of luck. We've been due a bit of luck for a while. If you talk to Stephen Bradley, Chamber Rewards, he'd probably tell you, oh, we got out of jail about bows, but he'll point to a certain match where, where we were done by a referee. I mean, they've had five five players sent off in two games by the same referee. <laughs> you know, it's fair to say he's not a Rovers fan. No. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and by all accounts, uh, particularly in the game where, where three of them were sent off, nobody seemed to suggest that any of the three should have should have walked. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a gripe at sometimes about referees. That's the nature of the beast. But you hope that you're good enough and you're strong enough and you're able to deal with it. And it's one of the challenges that you have to overcome when you go to win a league title. Because not every decision every week is going to go your way. I can take you back to 97 when we should have had penalties. Mm. I can take you back to 89, the treble team, when we should have had penalties. And, and you know, cup finals in 88, which we lost against Dundalk, and it's one of the worst decisions ever made in a football match, never mind an FAI Cup final. So that's part and part of the game. Yeah. You have to think that you've done enough throughout the season if you've got title ambitions they get the job done regardless of those decisions get the job done you know I, I, I saw 
uh, you know, Mickey Duffy uh, didn't get a lot of of the ball the other night, but a couple of times when he did get it, his crosses into the box were spot on, and we should have scored from him, and didn't. And that would have taken the penalty thing out of it completely. Now, it might have obscured one or two other things, which has been happening for quite a while. Uh, you know, not just this year, but last year as well. But the, but that's another story completely. But that's what we were just talking about last week. Felix Wolf, Simon and I were sort of saying they'd won four games in the bounce, Derry. But when you actually looked at it, the four games, they were good against Dundalk. They beat UCD, and it's no disrespect to UCD, but everybody was beating them. But they were fortunate to draw it. I'm not saying they were fortunate against Bowes, but, you know, paying men for long periods against Bowes, they didn't play that well. So, you know, it's just getting that form but, going. I, but I, I, you will get away with murder when you win football matches. Hmm. You'll get away with murder. And I said this this time last year. When Derry were winning a lot of games last year and had been eight or nine points clear at one stage over, without being great. Yeah. They were winning matches and everybody was happy, but it was a patch and free kick. It was a patch and corner. It was another patch and free kick. It was a 92nd minute winner. Those things don't... I was saying to you, the game evens itself out. You can't keep doing that. You, you say that, Felix, sorry to interrupt, but you look at Shamrock Rovers and they're scoring in the 95th minute, 96th minute, they go to the death, which isn't a constant. All right, there's a, a slice of fortune on those kind of results, but they say champions, like they won the one all games, they, they get the scrappy goals, they won it, and well, that's how you won the league. They used to say that about Liverpool, mm-hmm. when Liverpool dominated. They said that about Fergie's team, you know, it was known as Fergie's time. But that, that's one of the things that... Shamrock Rovers, to me, if Shamrock Rovers really played and really put the boot down, they'd win the league by 20 points. And and they leave it, like a lot of the games last season, they left it until they really had to go and play. And it's one of the things that we might get on to and, and one of the reasons why I think they are the way they are. Because I think they're a better version of Derry when they play it from the back. They're playing it from the back and it's going nowhere. Side to side. It's going to side from going to side. Teams. And they're not hurting teams. And uh, you know, if 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 I was back managing uh, Rovers and I managing Terry, see if they want to play back there. All the best. Go ahead. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Right, I'll just sit. We'll just sit here. one of one of the easiest games I ever played for Derry was was against Vitesse Arnhem, a European match in, in Vitesse. Um, they beat us one 0 in the Brandywell, I think, and we went out there. And we never come out of our own half. And it was one of the easiest games I've ever played in my life. Because we were just moving 10 yards up and 10 yards back. And, and yeah, we 15 minutes to go. We had a bit of a go and had a couple of chances. Should have had a penalty and had a bit of a go. But whilst we were... If he tested all the ball, and said, well, go ahead. You just kept your shape. Well, just go ahead. Do what you want. <laughs> Do what you want. You know, and this idea... Uh, this idea that football is no different from anything else. Football goes through periods of Watson style. It's like what you two are wearing, what yeah. I'm wearing. <laughs> I wouldn't say it, that we're not fashionable. You know, it, it, it's whatever's in fashion. In fashion at the minute, you take Manchester City. Yeah. Manchester City has spent hundreds of millions of pounds getting top quality players who are capable of playing it from the back and making it. The reason for that is you make the pitch bigger. You make a pitch bigger if, if, if you have the opposition at the halfway line and you've got your full back inside his own box, you've got that whole half of the pitch to play in. If you push up, you can squeeze the pitch and basically if the opposition's at the halfway line five yards over the thummy, then you're left with 30 yards to play in, right? And it's very difficult to play. Right, that's the thing behind it. it, it, it that's fine if you're Manchester City. I mean, I've seen, I've seen other teams in the Premier Division Keep trying it. You can't do it. Well, you know, and to be perfectly right. honest, if you could do that, you wouldn't be playing in the League of Ireland. No. So, so yeah. we, like, I'm, I'm all for it. Everybody has for the league being progressive and people come in with new ideas. All these managers are all young managers and have and influenced by all these football. But Simon, all this has been done before. Uh, it's, yeah. not, it's not actually new it's ideas. Just, just new terms for your uh, inverted uh, wing-backs and your... Uh, your, no. your <laughs> Transition. Uh, Transition. Uh, 
High press. You know. Are you going to go there up now, Phoenix? Like yeah. I say. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I, I'm so anti-coaching biases. It's not true. <laughs> you know, I, I've never. I mean, I, it just, it just defies belief. I mean, the, I mean, there's highly qualified coaches getting sacked every day. No way they're getting sacked. The game's about players. So if you, if you were if you were a manager now in the League of Ireland to say Derry or Rovers like or like obviously it's horses for courses too in terms of the opposition you're playing but yeah. would you play with two up top? Do you think that's still still like you're going to be effective in games by playing well, two up top because a couple of teams have played two up top against Derry had a had a back on back. Well, you on see the it depends what the rest of the team is. Depends what the rest of the team is. Uh, the players you have dictate the way you play. That's one of the things that I find a problem with a lot of teams nowadays. Mm. They play what the manager wants you to play instead of what's good for the players that they have. It's a bit like Shamrock Rovers, when I'm talking about Rovers earlier. Mm. They spend that much time playing their own half. Then when they really have to go for a goal, they go and score. They go and score again. And they make these comebacks. Why? Because they're going to look for goals instead of keeping the bloody ball at the back. You know, and you keep you know, and the vast majority of goals scored in the League of Ireland. It's amazing how many of them come from a mistake made by a defender. Mm-hmm. Now, a defender can't make a mistake if the defender at the other end of the pitch has got the ball. Now, the common sense thing we tell you is, is you know, if we have the ball, the other team can't score. But if you have the ball back there so long, you're not going to score yourself. Well, that was a prime example a couple of weeks ago. We're watching the St. Pat's game. And they put up in the bottom corner, Derry 189, accurate passes, St. Yeah. Pat's 105, whatever. Yeah. I looked at the top left-hand screen, of side of the screen, and it was 3-1 and Pat's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, this possession, uh, I, I, I can cover a lot up. Uh, you, well, they put it mildly. <laughs> they put it mildly. It, it's, it's, and all these guys nowadays, it, it's, it's, I mean, I could go off and around very handy here. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's like a lot of guys, you know, stats... You know, this guy does. You know, this guy runs out of steam after you know the sports scientist Mo Salah was been taken off at Liverpool with 10, 15 minutes to go in a lot of matches because the sports scientists were saying that Salah at that particular time goes what he goes. But I mean, let's say that had it been Roy Keane. I mean, how badly does Roy Keane want to win? How badly does Mo Salah want to win? Would you rather have a a 60% Mo Salah wanting to win or somebody else that's never going to score in a month of Sundays being the fittest guy at the club. Yeah. You know, and there's so much of it is, there's so much of all that stuff is nonsense. Mm. They've analysed, the, you know, as they call it in the game, you know, analysis, you know, paralysis by analysis. Yeah. And, and half of them have played this game before they go out. Do you think Felix now, at a younger age, everybody is just overcoached? All Wayne's now are all playing. And you yeah. speak to them, they're no street footballers. They say, I train two nights a week and play in Astro Patches and then play on a Saturday. But that's it. Well, I, I want go and watch my grandson. He's nine and he he's nine and he plays. Uh, and I go and watch some of the, the setups. And there's maybe uh, a dozen kids. And I get really annoyed at times because all the wee fellas that are playing, they've all got a trick. But none of them can pass the ball. They can all do this cl- really clever trick, but they don't know how to pass the ball properly. And I'm saying, why, why would you teach kids to do a trick before they can pass the ball? And I, and sometimes when I watch some, you use a trick when you're in trouble. Uh-huh. Use a trick to get you out of trouble, but just pass the ball. And I see so many kids, and, and, and then they do these wee passing exercises, and they pass it back and forward. And then they start the match, and you get four or five young ones, all good, who just want a ball for themselves. And the people, the coaches are standing watching, and I say, why don't you say something? But I'll get myself into trouble for that. Uh, well, I think it was, it was a talk sport today, I can't remember who it was, what was said, but they were talking about this exact thing where they were saying about uh, what, a player that they played along with was, was keeping it up a hundred times, 
had the ball at the top of the head, was able to roll down under the nose and then back up again on the head. And he was all, oh, no, he should be a tricks. He was all, oh, he says, but I've won trick. He says, I can score 20 goals a season. He says, that's all they do. But, and it's, it's exactly that. Like, you know, it's, and it's exactly what Derry's missing at the moment is just somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net. Never mind no, well, the least. Well, I, I would, I would, I don't think it's just as simple as that. I don't think it's as simple as that. Young Parkhouse, he was there. And young Parkhouse was getting a lot of stick. And I, and I watched a number of games then. The service that Parkhouse was getting was non-existent. And he was going for 15, 20 minutes without getting a kick of the ball because Derry had the ball back in their own half of the field. He wasn't getting any service whatsoever. And what he does then, he tries to drop deep to get involved in the play and he gets back involved in areas where he wasn't good. And then you're saying to yourself, oh, you know, he wasn't good today. Or he was, you know, and the thing about it is, Jimmy McGonagall wasn't good today, whatever. Wasting energy, or then the wrong yeah, I mean, pitch. But I mean, you know, I've said this so many times, you can have the best gun in the world, but if you have no bullets... Mm, you know, Jimmy McGonagall is... is yes, he's, he's not the best footballer in the world, but if you knock it in behind and you give him chances, he will score goals. And then miss them. But Alan Shearer missed him. Gary Lineker missed him. Everybody's missed him. But the thing about it is, is he's not getting... If you analyse the number, the number of games that Derry have played since the start of the season, and you look at me and say to me, well, that's the, the number of chances that's been created for McGonagall and the number of chances he's missed. And I would say it wouldn't be great. No. It wouldn't be great because the stats and the chances that he's had and the things that he's had have not been great. Because there's so many, I, I've said this. I've said this on the radio when I was doing matches for Drive. Derry in the final third don't seem to have a way of playing. If they get into the final third, and sometimes it can be bang bang goal. It can be one two goal, but there's no sense of when they get into the final third. You can see what they're trying to do when they're playing it. When they play, when they do play from the back, that it's going into patching, it's going to Diallo, and it's knocked back, and there's four or five people are looking for the ball. Now, when I say there's four or five people looking for the ball, there are four or five people looking for the ball. But when they're in the final third, the next time you look at a dairy match and the ball's in the final third, look at how many people are available when the ball is played to somebody up the middle. Mickey Duffy's out there. Graydon's out there. There's, if there's one midfield player trying to link up, you'd be doing well. So the guys are isolated. Yeah, it's Jordan Now... Yeah, and, but that's not the case. That ham, I seen Samit Rovers playing the Brandywell last year, and the big fella Gaffney up front was so isolated from the rest of the team, it wasn't true. Because Rovers were, were, were quite happy to knock the ball back there and keep possession of the ball. Uh, so, so from that point of view, Derry don't create enough. And there isn't enough... There isn't enough... Aye, there isn't enough guile. You'd say to yourself, fats... You know, it's cute enough to play in there, but Fats has got his issues, and 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 he's been playing at times for me far too deep. Yeah, I think I think even like um, down in Richmond Park there last Monday, he started there, and I and I was I was glad to see him there. It was working for ten fifteen minutes until it went pear shaped and they conceded the softest goals you'll ever see. But it was working, and then but as you say, you're not going to get that consistently with him playing on there, and he. When he's got the, the, the strongest 11 that he feels that he's got, he'll not play them here, he'll play them that sort of deeper line rule. It doesn't make sense because, because the, I mean, Patchen, who's got all the ability in the world and can see a pass and everything else, never seems to do it in the final third. And that's where, that's where the likes of McGonagall needs that wee clever pass. You can see Mickey Duffy when Mickey, when Mickey gets it and he comes in. You can see where Mickey's cute and he's clever and a wee bit of guy, where he can knock it between people. There's so many people that play straight passes, straight passes, and easy passes that, that I could play in book in '67. You know, and when when they come up against the better team, I mean, the Shamrock Rovers game for me a couple of weeks ago, as good as Rovers were. Derry made it too easy, oh, and 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 there, there was far far too many occasions when the ball should have been played from particularly fullbacks played quicker, played quicker, but they weren't brave enough to play that ball in between people, as opposed to what they're used to doing, is playing it sideways or playing to somebody that's free. It's easy to play a free ball, 
But you see, when the when the pressure's on and you really have to go and play, that's get it in there and play. That's when go you, and play. You need big, very big metallics because they're not yes. afraid to make mistakes because that's that's how you well, create chances by well, taking it, chances. It's, it's by taking chances, and and there isn't enough of that. Uh, there isn't enough of that. Um, uh, with the, in my view, in the present setup, as I say, you can see what what they're trying to do, playing it from the back and this at the other. But you've got to have a way of playing. You've got to get you've got to get people around the box. Yeah, uh, you know there was one there was one particular. I think it was Ben Doherty crossed the ball. It's probably about six or seven weeks ago now. Ben was crossing the ball, and it might have been McGonagall was 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 the only one in the box, and it was three or four defenders. And Graydon's outside the box, on the other side. And you're saying to yourself, you know, get yourself a chair. If you're going to watch, get yourself a chair. He's about glad to. You know, and and that's where you want, get in the fucking box. You know. And there isn't, there there are certain managers who would play what you call numbers game. You know, if if Ben Doherty's down the left, you cross the ball, you cross the ball right. You've got you've got one at the post, one at the back post, and you have two midfield players, penalty spot at the edge of the box, and you play what they call it's a numbers game, and one of the other midfield players is sitting, or somebody else is sitting. You don't really see that. Every time somebody breaks, it's it 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 they're not breaking the numbers. Well, it's, it's the three up top. And you know, that's up to, maybe Jordan. And there's no up. there's no uh, but but. The one thing I say about Jordan McInnes, the one thing you would want with Graydon, particularly with his pace, is when Graydon's one against one. He's one against one and he's quick. And if he's one against one, you leave him. Leave him, he says. Now, I've seen a couple of people running behind the left back to where Graydon wants to run. And you're saying to yourself, would you shout from the bench and tell him not to be fucking stupid? You know, because that's what that he's taking the space away from from where Graydon wants to go, uh, uh, but that that that's that's just that's just one or two things. But but uh, sometimes it it uh, I just think that 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 there's so many teams, so many teams that they spend so much time playing on their own half of the field. It just it just at times it defies belief. I mean, I mean, I didn't see the Pats match, but by all accounts, Pats just knocked off of the top of Derry. Oh, well, the, the, the third goal or the second goal was it all over the top? Just over the top. Trying to play a high line yeah. and he and was on behind. And but, you know, you, you know yourself when you say that now to whatever <coughs> modern football fans, whatever you want to call it, over the top, you just think, oh, that's, that's the old school, that's the Jack Charlton football. No, I mean, as Danny Murphy said recently, he says the problem with new school, there isn't enough old school in it. Uh, well, I'll agree with you. You know, it, it's, I watch football all the time and you say to yourself well right the ball's knocked into a midfield player and he's got three or four great options and he's got a really good option but he doesn't see it do you know why because he's been told already when it comes out it's knocked into you play it back to centre half and switch it you know and you can see it knock it back to one of the centre backs and switch it and all he has to do is turn with the ball and he's got the whole world in front of him and go and play I mean that's what you're there for a good play but this is this is the, the sort of Pep Guardiola effect, you know. It came from Barcelona. It came. Everybody wants to play had, this same way. But he had the players. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Everybody still wants to play did this you, way. Did too. you ever try? Did you ever watch Everton trying to play out from the back when Frank Lampard was there? <laughs> Bob Bob Scare. Hey. Oh, it's a bit like United and Harry Maguire playing out from the back, and he thinks he can play. No, it's a, he, there's players can do it, and then there's players who just just like just, the, just like the monster You know. And. I mean, it, it, it's ludicrous. It is ludicrous that a lot of the teams in the Premiership in England are playing out from the back, never mind League of Ireland teams. Mm. Rui Higgins, after the match, he was saying, right, it was a sort of like half-term report analysis on what, how the first half went for him. You can't hide the fact that the injury situation has been horrendous. All the, the key players, five at least key players, who you would be on your team week on, week out. So that's hindered them. There's no doubt about that. The pitch, the Brandywell, has probably not been conducive to good football in the way he wants to play it either. Um, I don't agree with that. You don't? The no, pitch? I don't agree with it. Shamrock Rovers sort of ended that. Yeah, I, I get that. But not week on, week out. Like, you know, no, so. no. Well, I... I 
Like the, especially this this hot weather spell we had. How bad was the pitch? I mean, I, it's I played it. that they're going out with a hose and a wheelie van. I but I mean, <laughs> I but I mean, I played on that pitch on Saturday, yeah, and I played on the pitch before. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with the pitch. And the people was Jim McLaughlin. We we went to play Bray one day, and it was the worst pitch you've ever seen in your life. Grass, it was diabolical. They left it that way on purpose. We're playing them a cup semi final, and. Uh, Jim and I were out on the pitch. And Jim says to me, "He says, you see if you see anything about that pitch in the dressing room, I'll clean the head off you." Because it's a they, level, level player field. Would they stop talking about the pitch? <laughs> I think I think that's a lot to do down to us as well. <laughs> stop talking about the pitch. <laughs> I mean, they talk about injuries. Lauren don't have any injuries. Crusaders don't have any injuries. Corain don't have any injuries. They're all playing the national turf. They don't have an issue with it. So what? What's what's the what is the issue if it's not the pitch? If that's not a factor in it, then there's something badly wrong. Do you know something? Do you know something? She wants you to get ahead of steam up, and people start talking, and people keep talking about the pitch. That's the problem. Uh-oh. The problem is also there's a cup match against Shamrock Rovers last year, and Des Curran and Pat Fenlon were doing the match for RT, and apparently Pat slaughtered the pitch. Yeah. Right. Shimmer Rovers could beat that. Derry won. Derry beat them, yeah. An extra time? Was it extra time? Ah, yeah, extra yeah. time. They had a guy sent off. Yeah. An extra time. Three days Three days later, Shelburne played Shamrock Rovers at Talker Park. And it was a draw in LH. The two managers slaughtered the pitch after it. It's grass. Yeah. And you would think, listen to people, that the grass pitch at the Brandwood was brilliant. And it wasn't. It was decent four or five times a year. If you were lucky. You know... So this idea that the pitch needs to go and this, that and the other and and it's injuries and this, that and the other. I mean, Connolly did his hamstring. Could have happened anywhere. Domigan did his hamstring. No, Domigan did his hamstring on a, on a grass pitch in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Duffy done his calf and, and Richmond Park. Richmond Park and grass. But Rory Higgins' counter would be they, that is that they're training on this pitch like all week. It's you know it's not just that it happens. Well, the hamstring, obviously, it's you know he went up fifty, sort of ran for a fifty-fifty ball, like you know, where, where he's the quickest player in the planet, Daniel Kelly. But <laughs> the thing about it is, is it nobody else seems to have a problem with it. Mm. Yeah, nobody fair, else seems to. Nobody else seems to. It's up for discussion now, like you know, but uh, but but the thing about it, you know, there's one thing you don't. Give footballers excuses. Mm. See, particularly when it is the way it is now, don't give them excuses. It's bad enough when things are going well, but you see when they're not going well, that's when... It's, it's, one, it's, it's one thing managing when things are going okay. It's another thing managing when things are not going okay. Mm. Trust me. It's How a different you, kettle of fish. You've been there, don't it? How do you, we're not saying it's a crisis or not there, but... How do you turn that around? How do you get things back on track? Or I think a break, like a reset, as they say, is, is the perfect time for it now because he has to have it reflect on that and put them somewhere. Still, still the same squad. Still the same squad, uh, and I'm not sure that the mentality is going to change too much. But it, but if you look at the at the season in general, um, and you look at a lot of performances that I saw last year, Derry have won an awful lot of matches without being great. But as I said before, you will get a you will you when when you win matches and, and you win do one or two nil or this that and the other, you will get away with murder. Now they've got a decent squad of players, really decent squad of players, and and if everybody was firing in all cylinders and you got you got them to you know really motor, yeah, they should be in the top three four, in no question. Uh, but the worry is that when you start to go and it starts to fall off and things start to go against you, like what's happening with Fats, there's a, a knee issue apparently with, with patching. There's one or two other things. The Connolly, the Connolly was a really bad hamstring. You know, the Dominican one was a really bad hamstring. Dominican was a big player for, 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 for Derry. 
So, so when all those things have come together, yes, the break has come at a good time, and it is is a chance to reset. But it's a, it's also a chance for the manager to to you know, particularly with Paddy coming in, uh, and I would imagine that Paddy's philosophy might be slightly different from Rory's. Uh, is is it right? Where are we at? Where do we want to go? How are we going to get there? And how many is going to be fit? Mm. And, how, and and they'd also have to examine as well with, with the injuries that they've had. They're going to have to also look and analyse what's happened with some of those injuries and why it's happened and why it's happened and everything else. But, I mean, it's funny, I, I, I always hate the expression in my day or back in when I was... I mean, when I was manager in 97... We never had a hamstring. Never had a groin strain. I think Tom Moan did his knee. Liam Coyle broke his arm. And we never did a stretch. We did a... We, I, the boys called them... The boy, we used to call them the diddly dees. We did, we did like a, a dance thing that warmed us up. Yeah. But you see in terms of stretching and all that kind of stuff. Jim McGulkin used to make a point, you know, he says... You only stretch something so far, you know. So you know, you're, you're suggesting maybe that they're overstretching. Well, I think I think it's like it's like it's like they're overstretching and so they're overstretching yeah. in terms of their muscles. They're overstretching in terms of analysis. Yeah. They're overstretching in terms of 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 coaching. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, I see managers go, go to quite a few Irish League matches, and I see these guys trying to coach the players in the middle of a match about their body shape and everything. What? It's wrong, me. <laughs> you know, let's see if you get a grip. The schedule too, obviously. Was was the, the schedule as 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 hectic back in well, the seven as, I mean, as, as your Friday, Monday, Friday? No, because that would, has to it, have an impact too. It would. Well, the thing about it is, it's is, but it, see, you're saying that as if it's only Derry. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Aye. You know, I, I remember Derry playing a match in the Brandywell. It's like, no, two matches in two days. I think it was Cork travelled to Brandable. Yeah. I think you the know, players too would rather play matches, and, and that's, that's, well, that's you're not going to as I mean, much. I, I should, you know, I would, I would be close enough to Martin O'Neill, and and you know, when you talk about you know, just Forrest. name dropping there, uh, Felix like Arnold. Like well, like you know, but going back to when, <laughs> going back to when Forrest were in Europe, uh-huh. they never trained. They come in, they went for a walk. They went. Cloughy used to send them for a walk down down along the Trent. Mm. Go for a walk, have a cup of tea, have a bit of a natter. They never trip. You played, you played Saturday, you played Wednesday, you played Saturday, you played Wednesday. Why would you need to train? It's, it's, it's definitely a question. So, like so in terms of... The science but, now tells you other ways, I suppose, in terms of your body and your recovery and all the rest as well. Uh, but, uh, but you know the one thing they can't measure, Simon? Simon? No, they can't measure. How badly do you want to win? That's the thing, and that's what I was going to get to. And that's the most important it's, thing. It's it's twenty six years since you did it last one the, the, yeah. the title. There's ten different managers since you left. Yeah. That, that haven't been able to do it. Stephen Kenny obviously came very close. Um. What what you mentioned Metallica, and that's what sort of sort of prompted my question. Like, but do you think that's the biggest sort of character trait that you need in your players and and an experience and everything else will be about a craft uh, what does what, what it take that they want to lead to well, well first of all you've got to have a balanced team you've got to uh, you see I didn't say a great deal of players tactically as long as a guy knew what his role was within the team I didn't have to say anything to him yeah. if he was make, if he was doing something wrong I'd tell him hmm. but this idea that you tell him what you know what he should be doing before he goes out you know it's like the old story about Graham Sooners you know about you know what when he got to Liverpool, what do you want me to do? And basically saying, go out and fucking play there. We yeah, didn't spend all this fucking money, you know. Go out and play, and if you're doing something wrong, I tell you, you know. And that's that. You know, the game hasn't changed. It's just complicated by people, and a lot of them have badges, and so much of the badges is theory. You know, let's get if we do right, get that bang. Bang, bang. If we do that, we do this, that, and the other, you know. And your sense is, the, the game isn't like that. The game isn't like that. If you make, if you're making mistakes, 
correct somebody that's making a mistake, tell him he's making a mistake, and he keeps making the mistake, it's somebody else. Uh, so did you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a, not, you know, somebody reminded me the other day, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're playing for Brandyville, Harps or Barcelona. See, the minute the manager can get somebody better than you, you're in, or you're out. You know that that's the way it is, and 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 getting to win leagues, you have to have a balance. You have to have a balance in the team. Can you play with the ball? Can you play without it? You have runners. It's what known in the game is you have to have runners and you have to have players. And as they often say, if your runners think you're players, you've fucking no chance. <laughs> <laughs> and there's plenty of runners that thought they were players. And tell, I can tell you. Tell us what we to say, because you, like I was chatting before about it, you were saying that's the, the greatest sort of, your greatest success in football was that. And that's, that's a big statement. Maybe maybe your thoughts have changed on that since I was no. last chatting. But, no. but in terms of what you did, we have a largely home-based sort of team and squad that you built yourself like at that stage uh, it, know, was, it was, was an incredible achievement wasn't it and they won by, by such a big margin in the end we never lost a match away from home uh, we lost two I think we lost two or three to the brand well, one of them was a known event when we when we won the oh, league no, we, yeah. and we played Cork and, and I threw Darren Kelly in because Liverpool were watching them that night and and uh, wanted him to sign, <laughs> but he wouldn't go. Were you getting a few quid from him? No, I, was, no I, I was never. That, I wasn't involved in that in any shape or fashion. That wasn't that that, that those kind of managers came after me. I can assure you. <laughs> I don't say nothing else. Uh, yes, those those kind of guys. That, I was never ever involved in any any sort of those. Ron Yates was over uh, uh, with Jim McLaughlin uh, to watch Darren play. So what I give played Darren that night. Um, but we digress. But the uh, the thing that pleased me so much about that year was well the fact that I'd I'd put together a team from three or four months before the season even started. Mm. And and a lot talking to a lot of boys since, you know, they they were never too sure, you no, know, didn't really believe that they could win the league until the last. And I felt from early on early on that we I mean, Jim always used to say to me, see if you can get your team right, there isn't a lot to beat. And that's still the case. If you can get your team right, there isn't. And it's amazing the amount of people who spend most of their time now talking about the opposition. And McLaughlin used to say to me, you know how difficult it is to get your own team to play well? <laughs> with, without worrying about the opposition. If they do something that there's a problem with, then go. it's like Mickey Duffy's doing shuttles. Doing doggies in the first 20 minutes of Shamrock Rovers match, and I'm looking, somebody needs to do something with it, about that, or you get carried off in a stretcher. You know, your best players doing doggies for 20 minutes. You know, and as somebody was telling me, we're talking to him after, he's, he's just I was breathing through me. Yes. What he called? I'm no wonder. You know, and I was saying, go on, do something about that, quick. You know. Once again, your runners? Well, but. But he was getting destroyed by, by you know, I'm not too sure it was, if it was Flores, Finn and Byrne or, or one of the other guys in midfield. And they were a triangle, Mickey Duffy was doing doggies. And somebody should have been giving them a hand. And he was doing doggies on his own, where Mickey would have been better sitting back in front of Ben Doherty and saying, right, okay, go ahead, fire, play away back there, boys. Instead of trying to go on, on his own, doing doggies. Um, but... Your team, did, how many, what, what, what size of a squad did you have? What, was, did you have a, an 11 that you played every week to? I'm, I'm getting that point here because it's, it's, that's not what, he really hasn't had the luxury of, of that, even though he's a bigger squad than you would have had in the treble one in years. And, and no, we had, as well. we had I, I think in total we probably used 14 players. Well, the, the team, um, I mean, it was one of those, the, the Liam, when Liam made his debut against Finn Harps, he broke his hand. And Hargy ended up playing up front. Uh, and Hargy was great. Him and Beckett worked really Ever. well together, you know. Um, and you, Tommy Dunn was playing left back. And then Tom Moan had a problem with his right knee. So Hargy ended up playing wide right when Liam came back in. Uh, and Ryan Coyle played a couple of times at right back for... Coilo was a revelation at right back. Uh, Coilo should have been a top player. Uh, the the main thing that was missing in Ryan was that mentality. 
he had all the ability in the world. Yeah. He, he, he could see in training, he'd beat people for fun and, and create all kinds of stuff. And he played the same school team. Like he just doesn't have a metal either. Well, that explains. That explains. That that Simon. That explains a lot. But no, Coyle Coyle is lovely kid. I'm great to see him involved with the club at the minute. Him and Pizza, and uh, but he's a guy that I should say there was a lot of guys. He was such a nice fella, and too nice, and and. Jeez, he could play. You know, he could play. And he went and played right back. He played right back for a couple of matches and he was bombing up the line. And, but you see if you gave him... He was like one of those guys. You see if you gave him too much responsibility in the middle of the park. You know, it was... But that is that happens to a lot of players. Mm. That's why Derry's full of guys who were really good players. But what did they do? <laughs> you know... You know, what did they do? Um, but that, that year, we were sensational without the ball. We were, I mean, people talk, you know, as I said to you guys earlier, but, you know, think, you know, you know th- this, high, this high press. You know, I've seen that high press, you know, since I was a wean. <laughs> and and we, we, did, we did that. We did that without me even, you know. I, I was never a believer of going to an away match and right, let's keep it tight. Just go and play the game. Go and play the game. It, you know, it's a grass patch, the same as anywhere else. Go and play, and if you have to defend, defend. But go and play. Keep it simple. Ah, you know, so many guys. <laughs> I've seen so many teams come to the Brandenburg. Like Bowes the other night, got the half time, 45 minutes, come out the second half, and their attitude had changed. Their attitude had changed. It's half time, we've got a point. And they stopped trying to play. Yeah. They stopped trying to play. Their mentality was, right, we've got a point. And I see so many teams come to Brandywell and, and, and it's a bit like when you go to Cork. You go down to Cork and if you go down to Cork and you come away with a point, you're happy because you're back up the road and you've got a point. And that's your mentality before you right. started the yeah, match. Started and instead of going down, go down to Cork, go and play the match. There is arguably their best performances have come against teams that play against them, whereas they find it hard to break them down because of what you were mentioning earlier about this predictability and and nobody they have that sort of. Well, there's nobody, nobody. Creative sort of. The thing about it is, is when somebody really has a go at you, it opens up the pitch yeah. and spaces appear, and then you can go and you can run into spaces and you can you can create all kinds of stuff, and and. I mean, there's a lot of teams like Manchester United, for example, uh, were very good earlier this year under Ten Hag. Were, were when they broke against you. Yeah, yeah. their pack was yeah. their strength. They're probably relying on the AK yeah. Cup final. Well, you know, that, that, <laughs> that, that was their thing. And they're not the first team that has ever done that. Um, it's been done so many times before. And and it, it's it's like this knocking the ball out the back. It's in the fashion. It's fashion at the minute. It will change. It will change. Um, but the the mentality of that team, I mean, you you, you had the four across, um, you know, you had Tom Mullen, you had Peter Hutton, you had Paul Haggerty and James Kelly. Yeah. Now I wouldn't have fancied playing against no. those four. Uh, I mean, your you know, you, you had your, I mean, Paul Haggerty's as good a player that's played for Derry City, and I, I laughed. You know, Haggerty was a hard worker and he was got the foot on. Haggerty was a putting great player. Mm-hmm. Looking great player. But what go for? I can put can tell you he was sensational footballer. Yeah. And and clever. And he orchestrated everything. Liam. Liam was Liam. Didn't have a particularly good year that year. But mm. but but I'm talking about his standards. Yeah. yeah. You know, talking about his standard. Beckett was I mean I've said this to before, you know. Bertie Peacock, another old friend of mine, you know, Bertie would say, you know, if four of your players play well, you'll probably lose the match. If six of them play well, maybe a draw. See if seven or eight of your players play well every week, you'll probably win the match. Now, that's as true 70 years ago as it is now. We had the whole year, that year, 97, we had nearly everybody in that team who were seven, eight, nine 
every week. Every week. And and the funny thing is is it, is it when you watch it as a, as, as a player when you're involved in it, for example, in the treble year, you're too busy because you're a player. But as a manager, you you can watch, you learn to watch things, and who's going to be the first to buckle in your team? Who's going to be the first to wobble? And the guy who was the first to wobble just shocked me. I'm not going to name, obviously, well, name who it is. Well, you mean when you get to the business end of things? Oh, with a couple of months. Well, you see, when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, when you get to sort of three months to the end, the last 12 matches, every game's a cup final. Yeah. Every game's a cup final. And it's got to stay now, we shamble over Rovers are six points ahead. We're nearly every game now, it's a cup final. 15 games. It's a cup final. And, and it's, it's time to, let's see what you're made of. It's very little... Room now but but yeah. you've, have you ever seen a like a, a league like it in terms of teams like Shamrock Rover that five without a one at the start and then Pats go on a run well, they lose four and well I, do, I don't know what's happened at Pats uh, but I know with Rovers apparently Rovers have been playing all right apparently Rovers had played okay yeah but they were on a run where they just couldn't get, they couldn't score. I mean, that happened. That happened to that '97 team the following year. We battered teams for three months and couldn't score. Couldn't score. It's, I mean, it is the hard. I mean, it drive. It it it's one of the craziest periods I've ever seen in football. We absolutely battered teams and couldn't score. But that team. Yeah, the travel season as well. Well, we played. It was it was something similar, but we we lost the league this in Pat. St. Pat used to beat everybody one nil, and Mark Ennis would usually score with five minutes to go. Oh, exactly. And and they were you know they were a long ball team. I mean Brian Kerr's team was long ball, seriously long ball. I mean Brian had uh, you know the oldest trick in the book, get four or five six foot two guys in the team, put one of them in field, and then get a dead ball expert. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do it. But, I mean, he was very good at doing it. Yeah. I mean, fair play to him for doing it. That's the way he wanted to play the game. Yeah, you, you know, that, and you can execute. Jack Charlton, you know. Exactly. If the ball's, you know, you know, going back to earlier when you were saying, you know, I'm talking to you about guys, I've said this before. You know, what's, there's this always a debate, what's the best ball in the game? And Jack Charlton believed that the best ball in the game was if the keeper kicks it, and he kicks it as high as he can, like an American football. kicks it kicks it as high as he possibly can the air for as long as he can. Everybody in the pitch is facing the other goal. Now, that's his philosophy. Now, the purists of football would say, you know, no, that's not really football. But he got success with it, and he, he's not the first, and he won't be the last. But Bob Paisley said the most sensible thing, as, as usual, Bob Paisley, you know, why don't you just play what's on? I mean, is that too, is that too complicated? Why, does, why don't you just play what's on at the time? If you have to kick it into the crowd, kick it into the crowd. You know, play what you see, play what's on at the time. But, there's, but, but again, it goes back to so many guys nowadays are told what to do before they go out, and they can't see the wood for the trees. And you see, I see it nearly every match. There's a ball that's on, but no, he's played it back there. Oh. Turn and get out and play it. That, there's a ball that's on. Nobody's been told that's, you know. Go on, go and play, young yeah, fellow. You're, you're sure, like, obviously, we're sitting watching the match from the stands mm. and you can see you up more as well, too. But these guys are they're, mm. they're good players, like, they're not yeah. playing for Derry, if they're, yeah. they're not good players if we're talking about Derry. But, you know, as, as you say, like, that's it's what they're being told to do. Yeah. Maybe not take too many chances like that. And, and, mm. If you don't, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna want a league title, are you? If if you don't, as we mentioned, you don't take these chances. You got you got to you got to go. You got to go. Maybe that's the pressure to your playing at the brand level. Maybe a, a factor in, in performances well, there. Yeah, but the thing about it is, see, see, the pressure to play down in Cork in front of the Cork fans is enormous. The pressure for Shamrock Rovers have got to perform every week in front of their team. You know, everybody, you know, you look up here and you say, ah, it's, it's, it's tough playing the brand. Of course it is. You only try and play Tala. Yeah. I've been at Tala and Dynamite when they've played Bows. It's like Celtic Rangers. Mm. Uh, you know, it is. I mean, people don't realise it up here, but, but 
you know, Bowles, Shamrock Rovers, it's like Celtic Rangers. They yeah. hate one one or oh, the passion. And I mean, it's like Linfield. When you play at Windsor, you have to perform as well. That should lift your game no. as well. That's what you know, and that, but that's Simon. That's what sorts the men out from the boys. Mm, because see, as now we get into the business end of it, that's where you find out. You know, it goes back to we're a couple of months before the end of the season, '97. I could see a guy starting to wobble, and I was surprised. And then, in another match or two, you see somebody else starting to wobble. And by the time you get to the last three or four matches, three or four have wobbled. Contagious. You know, you know, you know. But the thing about it is, is but you've also got to remember that whoever, you know, Shelburne, are also wobbled. Mm. They had six or seven that wobbled. They had six or seven that wobbled. You know, the day we played them, they missed a penalty when they were 1-0 up. And they missed a penalty and we scored the equaliser, one each. And if we hadn't had the three or four who were wobbly at the time, we'd have gone on and won the match. But they had five or six that wobbled. Uh, and then they went to Finn Harps and they all wobbled. And their manager was always going to wobble because he's famous for it. <laughs> You know, and I was hoping for that. <laughs> you know, because he spent most of his time arguing with the players on the pitch. You know, well, uh, if if we bring that back, the the Shamrock Rovers there, I said, if we think they're the two protagonists for the title, which I don't think. Well, I wouldn't roll. Maybe wouldn't both. Roll some pats out pats. the Bellafield pats. Right. If they get, if they get, but but if you are, you look, you, you say that for for various difficulties, they've still got League of Ireland, the winners there. And Duffy and Fats, they've got guys like Mark Connolly who have experience, you know. Um, so they've got winners there who you would expect not to wobble, but Shamrock Rovers have probably more of those. Does that give them the age? Does it? No, well, I, do, I don't think Rovers will wobble. You make it, you make it one or two guys, it might be a wee bit of fee, but, but I don't think they'll wobble because they've won three in a row, and, and given the position that they're in. But football being the way that it is, it's amazing how it can change and turn around in such a period of time as what's happened. Rovers were seven or eight points behind Derry, what, three months ago? Well, the prime example and was Sligo, sorry, Derry went down to Sligo. If they'd won, they would have won four points clear. Yeah. 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 Well, 10 days, 10 days. And, and, it, can, and it can change like that. But also, what also you have to throw into the mix is Europe. Yeah. That will have an impact as well. There's no doubt that Europe has an impact. Particularly, it. I mean, for Shamrock Rovers play, let's say they play in a, in a group stage, right? They're playing in a group stage. Let's say, for argument's sake, they drew Arsenal. Right? They drew Arsenal. They go and they play at the Emirates. And the following week, the following three nights later, they have to play let's say, Dundalk at Oriel Park. What do you think the mentality is going to be with the Rovers players? They've just gone from the Emirates to Oriel Park. Or Drogheda. Or Drogheda. <laughs> so all that goes into, and it's how, again, that comes into the mentality of how you deal with that. Well, as a, as a former footballer, obviously, as we mentioned, you played the World Cup, but it's always a highlight, even talking to players, Europe's the highlight of the season. You know, yeah. It's not, it's not as big an issue now as it was years ago. European football years ago, I mean, we went on a European trip, trip to Sofia mm-hmm. and it ruined the whole season. Killed kill the team, killed the whole, not going to go into it, but it just destroyed mm-hmm. the whole. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we should have won the league the year before, that was the Athlone thing. Then we went to Sofia and it was a nightmare. Absolute nightmare, and there was all kinds of stuff that were done, and blah blah blah. And, but I mean, Jim McLaughlin used to say, you know, by the time the European bonuses were sorted out, the season was half over. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now that isn't the case. That isn't the case anymore. But there are a lot of games, and but there are a lot of games. I mean, by and large, back then when I was playing, you'd have played two games in Europe, and that was you out. Yeah, mm. Nowadays, you know, you know, I think Rovers last year had they ten games or maybe uh, maybe ten games in I Europe. Think if you won, if they won a Champions League game this year, uh, they got the Europa Conference, uh, and then if, if they won yeah, and there, they're yeah, guaranteed Europa yeah, Conference league yeah. mm. group stages. Mm-hmm. Then you know what I mean. So it's it's just it's crazy. Two matches in Europe, you're guaranteed 
Either nine matches. And it is, it is difficult. It is difficult. I mean, I remember the night we played Benfica. We played Benfica. And three days later, we're down playing in Cork. <laughs> you know, we're playing in Cork. And, and Cork weren't going well. And that reminds us about that Benfica team. You know? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. You know, and you go and you play in Benfica, there's 80,000 people there. And, and it looked half empty, the stadium. <laughs> And then you go down to Turner's Cross, the funny, you know, and, and, and it is, I mean, I was an old hand at that stage, mm. and, and you know what they expect and what they do, and you've got to be up for it, and you've got to be this and that, but I, but I can just imagine some of the other guys in our team at that time, I think we ended up winning 1-0 or something down in Cork, um, but it is, it is difficult at times mm. to comprehend um, when you go from that extreme to the other. Because it it it, it it's a be uh, what I would say it's a wee bit been been drunk and then been sober the following morning. Allegedly, allegedly. Jack Relish could tell you about that. Uh, well, was that interesting that that last season Rovers sort of they realised that Derry Derry were were coming in the league and got a wee bit sort of wobbled a wee bit uh, and and sacrificed then Europe and. But again, 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 that because it was the three in a row they were after. So but, uh, but again, I, I, I go back to, I, I just think that the Rovers, they're almost like a better version of Derry, mm. in that they're playing far too much inside their own half of the field. And again, I think that when Rovers go and they have to go and score goals, then they go and play. Yeah. They go and play. But Stephen Bradley seems to be of, of the opinion. And, and he never seems to quite know what his best team is. Yeah. You know, the first five games this year where they you know, didn't win a match, he chopped and changed the team yeah. every week. And you're saying, well, well how, how, is, how is Burke not in that team? Uh, you know, and you're, you're saying to yourself, but he's quite happy for the guys to link up and play these wee triangles outside his own box and getting the guys to get on it and play. Uh, you know, hmm. But the thing is, right. Rovers can't switch it. Can Keith Gary have it? Can they switch it? Well, they've got they've got a few players. They've got you know when you've got the wee fella Jack Byrne and this that and the other and and you've got you know you've got you've got guys that can you know can play and um, and this that and the other. They, they, but they they will be hard to beat. They will be hard to beat. Mm. But. But there are certain challenges for the for the Derry squad at the minute. There's there's certain challenges for the for Rory, and for him to reflect on. And, uh, and it, it is very much half term report. And and you're not where you would want to be, not only in terms of a league table, but you're not where you would want to be in terms of the the health of the squad as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the gamble of Whelan uh, is just unfortunate. There are issues over fats. Uh, there's issues with patching. Um, Connolly and Dummigan's hamstrings don't appear to have, you know, they're, they're way short of what what's required. So Rory's certainly got his work cut out for the, for the next uh, for the next two or three weeks mm. and for the rest of the season. I would I would nearly put you in the spot there and ask for a wee rendition of Brandywell Pride, but uh, <laughs> just by, by the you know it would be a nice way to sign off, Kevin. Simon, are you, are you all right? <laughs> are you sure you're all right? You, this is what I do every week. <laughs> <laughs> do they let you two on air? Hey, our ratings will go through the roof. But <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't take much to go through this roof. I'll tell you. Oh, Felix, well, on that note, uh, well, well, thanks, the, I'll uh, tell you what's the only note you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on again, Felix. No uh, bother. It's been great and fascinating to hear your sort of thoughts in modern day and, and old days, they would say, football, but I think I'm a bit like yourself, a wee bit of a mixture of the old day and the modern day would maybe help us. Mm, yes, very much so. So, no coaching badges for you this year? No? I don't believe in them. <laughs> As I've said, I said this in Satanta Sports many years ago. There's a rocket going to the moon and you should put all the coaches on it. It's a funny thing. See, somebody once said to me, see, you can you can be a coach, you can get a coaching badge without knowing the game. And until that changes, 
you're going to get what you have nowadays. I was going to tell you a story there, but I'm not going to tell you a story. Knowing the game, being a coach, the vast majority of coaches that I've ever been involved with are all very good at taking coaching sessions and training, training sessions, making it interesting, coming up with wee drills and coming up with all wee things. But they are irrelevant when it comes to the game. That's where you've got, the, that's where you need the knowledge. Anybody can take training. Anybody can pass and get a coaching badge. You can get a coaching badge, get all, get right down all your stuff right and get your three against threes, whatever, your video analysis and all that stuff. But it doesn't teach you about the game. The game teaches you about the game. And no matter how many coaching badges you get, they will never teach you about the game. Right, good night, God bless, good luck. <laughs> Thanks, <Billy. laughs> Thanks very much for that. I uh, appreciate that. And, well, folks, that's us for another week. And uh, because we don't need to do any roundup of next week or this week's games, there is none. Uh, we will, well, join us next week and we'll see who we have all. We'd like to thank the children of Greenhall Primary School for the podcast jingle. And any City fans out there with anything they want to ask us, they can email us simon.collins at dairyjournal.com or myself, kevin.mcgohan at dairyjournal.com Also keep an eye on social media on Twitter at dairyjournal and on Instagram at dairyjournal underscore. Make sure you like, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a beat as we follow the fortunes of Dairy City Football Club.